Are you a character? Well, you've come to the right place. Welcome to Characters Here Podcast. I'm your host, Arthur and artist, Charday. To get all this personality and entertainment, you can follow me on social media at Characters Here. And for more information, visit CharactersHere.com. From Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, with a Bachelor of Business Administration in Finance and Business Management from Northwood University in Cedar Hill, Texas, a Master of Business Administration in Business Management from Regent University in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and a Doctorate in Business Administration from California Southern University, married for almost 12 years. She's an author, speaker, coach, and strategist. All with the career in risk, governance, and compliance project management. Her motto is to help people and organizations figure out how to do life and leadership unapologetically on purpose. At 36 years young and a special guest on Cassie's Hill Podcast, Tanya J. Miller. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing, Miss Charday? Now, let me make sure they don't think I haven't finished the doctor. <laughs> I'm in school for it. I would, I would have been like, when, when she get her doctor degree? I'm not finished. I'm in school for it. I don't want nobody clowning me. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna make sure that y'all can hear what she said. Okay. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? How are I'm you doing? doing? Good. What was your childhood like? Um, I mean, I would say, um, definitely early on, it was education was a big thing. Um. Unfortunately, I had kind of one of those incidences. My brother, my older brother, and I were um, kind of, I guess you could say, they didn't see our potential and didn't know how to uh, to 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 um, speak specifically to that. And so we fell into um, the whole of special education. And my mom was like, "No." I'm not saying that they can't be, but that don't sound right. And so she or my dad, they took just a really um, focused approach to making sure that, you know, what we needed to be able to learn at the level that they knew we were capable of, that they found that. So education became big. Um, That was kind of even early on the starting point to being able to realize so many opportunities with it. But early childhood was just a lot of, Big on education, mm-hmm. church. <laughs> we was always in church and family and family as well. So that's probably the bulk of it. School, church, and family and repeat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need Sunday dinners. Uh, so the answer would be no, in a sense okay. that if you're asking if they cooked them. No, I was a PK, so generally we would all go out to eat after church on Sunday with other PKs and other pastors and preachers, stuff like that. So I grew up, Sundays meant out to eat after church. Okay. Which, that's different from my from my husband, but for me, <laughs> Sunday meant going out to eat. <laughs> Were you in any activities or sports at school? Why you have to play me like that, Shorty? Why you, like... No, I was not athletic. No, with no athleticism in my body. No, I I did PE. Okay, that's about the most physical I did fitness. Um, but I mean, I was in clubs like middle school. I think I was in like a lot of like uh, they call them applied learning classes. So they had different activities sometimes on weekends. I was a part of like the 
Wiz Quiz Club, stuff like that. I did some internships and stuff like that in middle school, elementary and high school. And then in high school, y'all know you have to get them um, volunteer hours up. <laughs> so and your activities, your extracurricular activities up. So my counselor was like, so tell you what you go add in this space right here. That extracurricular activities and you know, other stuff like that belong in. So I, I, I volunteered and uh, I did like I did a lot of like tax tax. It was task test back then, but I did a lot of task test tutoring. And then I joined the art club. I don't even, I don't even know what I did in the art club because I'm not I'm creative, but I'm not necessarily artistic like you because you got it. <laughs> no. I, I want to throw that out there because you know I was in the art club. Okay. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, I you know, I've been a dairy my whole life, so I'm not gonna lie. I mean other I, but like I said, if it wasn't school, it was church. So I was in a ton of church activities. You know, everybody had to do something. So, you know, but actual physical business like sports? No, I wasn't that child. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. How do you think your uh childhood like impact you to what you ended up doing today? Um, so it's two sides of that. The first side, just kind of what I do for a living. Um, you know, it's a couple of aspects of that. One, you know, I told you I was in like applied learning type classes and even this shift that my mom took from the urban city, urban, urban inner city school to where we ended up to go into a suburban school. And they had just a different way of teaching us. Cause a lot of times, you know, when you don't have enough skills to know that there's, um, different ways to do something you know what they say one way to get a cat it's kind of the same thing and so basically um that kind of became the catalyst of the way I began to learn and the way I began to excel and look at how um I did schoolwork or projects or whatever um like literally we was doing project management in sixth seventh and eighth grade and we they didn't call it that we didn't know that's what it was um so it's like that way of project and goal oriented type learning is still what I excel in, whether it's I'm learning it, I'm doing it or I'm teaching it. And so definitely it um, correlates and coincides with what I do as a career profession. But then the other piece of it of um, childhood and growing up, um, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Jones, I still remember her. She was my writer teacher. And, um, like, I remember, like, some of the assignments we did, like, still to this day. And it it, it reminded me of, I like to write creatively. I like inspirational writing. I even used to write plays when I was um, young for our youth department and stuff like that. Um, so it's like, um, and then also in sixth grade, my friend and I were actually both authors now. We were writing a book together, a young, young teen book together. So it's like there were always some nuggets and aspects of it. Like in college, we wrote, I wrote, um, well, we, I illustrated, yeah, that art club came in handy. Okay. <laughs> I illustrated uh, our children's book that we had to do for um, our final project. Um, I think I helped with the story, but I illustrated it as well. And so it's just like every so often that writing would come back up. And I just was like, why am I not writing? So um, I've been having 
what I um is my brand Taco Tanya. I've been having that blog probably since 2005, so probably it's going on 13, 14 years now. How long I've had it, and then from there just expanded to writing the books and everything like that. But yeah, so it's like I both sides of it and both sides of my brain, so to speak, the left and the right, um, had their early on um access, so to speak, in childhood, and I'm grateful for it because it's 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 what's kept and helped me throughout my career and out um the business that I'm building and growing as well. What um influenced you? Or how did you make the decision to go to college? I mean, that was all. I, like I said, I've been a nerd my whole life. Shout out, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was never a question of if I wanted to go. It was more or less could I afford it. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people have that. Um, they either have, can I go? Can I good? Can I? Am I good enough? And can I make it? Or they have it to where I want to go, but I don't think I can afford it. My family can't afford it. You know, that's a lot of burden. So it was never that I didn't want to go. That was always the desire, especially for the things that I wanted to do, it was more or less, um, you know, that money. <laughs> but right. like, yes. we, we worked this stuff out. It, it, okay. it stuff out. <laughs> How did you make the decision to do business administration? Um, so it was kind of, so it was a couple of things. I was always good at math. And um, I, I remember I told you I had internships at an early age. And so I had an internship probably in fifth grade at a bank. And in addition to that, um, then I think that worked, I had an internship with a major train company, Burlington Northern, in sixth grade. And then I had a couple other ones throughout that time. And then my dad owned his own business. And um, just from working with him and seeing his side as an entrepreneur, he's been an entrepreneur my whole life, I wanted to make sure that business people, whether if you work, you were corporate America or you were a business owner, um, knew how to strategize, knew how to run your business, knew how to be successful. And so um, that's kind of where it came as far as that was the plan. Uh, high school internship was both dual, accounting and finance. That's when I said, oh, no, I can't do accounting. It's boring. <laughs> boring. Oh, God, no, I can't do accounting. But I was at least still smart enough to make sure I got that as my minor in my undergrad degree, and that helped as well. So I and it actually helped land some of the um, positions when I had to start my career over when I got married and moved to Virginia. So I was strategic in what I was looking at as far as the majors and the minors and what I could have opportunities to find a job or profession in that had some type of overlap. So. That's kind of how it ended up as finance because I did the internship with the, like, both sides and the counter was boring. Oh, that was boring. So you are an author, a speaker, a coach, and a strategist. Like, which one came first? <laughs> um, I mean, like I said, I've been doing the blog talking with Tanya since about 2005, so I've been writing that long. Um, You know, when it comes to the coaching, so to speak, I've literally been doing that. They they just didn't call it since I was in teen ministry and as a teen leader since I was 16. So that's why I say I've been doing this thing for a long time. You know, I didn't, I might look young and it might seem like you just saw a book, but I've been doing 
this coaching, this counseling, this ministering for a very long time. Um, uh, as far as the speaking, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I've been speaking forever. You know, a lot of times I'm I'm an introvert by nature, and most people they when they see me in my element, even at work when I start, you know, I'm, I'm a lead on a project or something. They be like, "Tell you, wait a minute, what?" I had an idea. Like you, like and then, and then other people that have seen a bit of they be like, "Y'all better at she don't play." They, I have I have a colleague and a friend. She be like, "Look, Tanya might not say much, but when Tanya's out, y'all better." She, she gonna have it already figured out and know what the solution is, the recommendation, the remediation plan, the risk controls. I'm like, hey, I guess that's why I'm a good listener. I listen, I listen. So you know, it's it's kind of like you know, it's not that I've just started all of it. I've been doing it all. You know, even with the strategy, you know, I used to do um, church strategy sessions with my dad and stuff like that. So, and you know, even for his business or other people, you know, they were like, what you, what you say you go to school for? You think you can help me with this? I'd be like, mm. And so, and then truth be told, this is my second business. My first business was consulting and business strategy. So, um, and I had that back in 2005 too. I just dissolved it because it needed to have a different focus on it. Um, so it's an aspect of Tang J. Miller LLC, that piece of it. But like I said, you, the name may be new, but I've been doing this thing a long time. I just don't look as old as I am when I started. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Did you have any fear at all in any of your businesses or in anything that you went out to do? So I'm a big person on purpose. Um, you know, you see the shirt, mm -hmm. unapologetic on purpose. Um, so I'm not one to be afraid to do what I know is my purpose be or whatever it is, because I know that means somebody's waiting on me to get in position. Somebody's waiting on me to act. Somebody's waiting on me to do. So that's never been a fear to, to launch out and step into do. That's probably, like I said, part of what I, my first business was and what I do now. You know, I help people figure out their purpose. I help them to strategize that. I help them to understand and to develop it, you know, with the leadership development aspect of it. So that has never been a fear or worry. Now, when I get ready to release a book or I get ready to release a event, I, that, that may make me nervous. Like, oh my God, am I messing up? Is this about to be a complete foolishness? Like, what is going on? Oh my God, you know, I have those freak out moments and then they'll pass and then I'll be good. Yeah, I'll be good. I will never question, like, why did I did was I supposed to do it? Should I do it or to do it? But it's like when it's about to actually happen or go through, I'd be like, Lord, oh my God, this is real. Like this letter is really real. Thanks for the read my books. Oh my God. I know I'm supposed to write these books and put them out there, but oh my God. Thanks for the, oh my God. Yeah. So I have, like I have a mini panic attack. I had a for real meeting with, when I released the first project, Mind Matters, like I was really nervous, really nervous. But the second and the third and now the fourth, I'm good. But that first one, I was scared. I was like, oh my God, this is a mess. But hey, I was just stepping out into something new. So that's it.
Now, for people who do have that type of fear or, you know, that beginner's fear, mm-hmm. what is something you think they could use to overcome it? You know, I, I, I take it all back to you as a person, you know, and I tell people all the time, uh, literally, both in corporate America and, biz- and in the people I work with um, as clients and stuff, I tell them to use it all. They know I don't play when I say that. And so even in your fear, even in being afraid, you know, there's a um, saying that the Black Bidscope um, founders would say, Christine, um, Pam and Adia, they would say, do it afraid. And so that is a new coin term, but it's the same thing. You know, use it all, do it afraid. Don't be so caught up in the end result. Do something in to just do it. Get started. Begin. Don't worry about everything else because the reality is that's gonna that's gonna work itself out. And then not only that, it's trial trial and error for a reason. Like yeah, you might not get it right the first time, but that don't mean you stop. You keep on keeping because if you know it's what you're supposed to do, then you gotta figure out how you're supposed to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So. Yes. What was your like um, your elevation like? Like when you went through changes in life or when you realized that you were going up a step, how did you feel coming or what did you go through in those moments? As far as when life happened and how did I uh, resolve it or how did I use it? To, to What did I look at to make, make sense of it? You know, that's kind of in itself, you know, the elevation didn't come without problems. The elevation didn't come without, um, you know, hurt or pain or any of that you know i share on talking with tanya a lot of times when i'm, when I'm vlogging i tell in in the book i think yeah i think i talked about it even on uh, one of my books that um early when my, my husband first got married we went through six bouts of unemployment in the first seven years of marriage and i said most folks they would have lost their mind that most folks they would have been like yo i'm done but that was nothing but a reminder of the challenges and stuff that had happened to me before. And I, you know, what I tell people now, like I literally had a conversation with a young lady last week um, and I told her, I said, you know, what you need to be prepared for is not the layoff, but what you're going to do with it. You know, what will you do in that time? What will work? what will work and what won't work. And I also told her, I said, because here's the thing a lot of people forget and they and they get mistaken on when it comes to a job. Do your job, but don't just do it for the job. Use everything. Get everything out of the opportunity. If you, in the end you still get laid off, use it all. Use it for ways to build you and to build your your successes and your your portfolio, your career, your brand, whatever the case may be. Because at the end of the day, um, that's not your purpose. Your a job is not, that's not it. That's not, that's not where it ends or begins. You have way more that's a part of you, that's on you, that you're to do. And so in a sense, you can't just limit yourself to that, you know, use it all and make it work for you for ultimately where your end game is. And I'm not saying your end game may not be corporate America, but your end game may be a certain role or a certain function and supporting a certain thing so to get there you know they say a lot of times the ladder is not up and down anymore the ladder is this way that way that way 
look like <laughs> look like a maze. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So you have to be strategic in your approach when it comes to those obstacles, those trials, that drama, that foolishness, that cray cray to figure out how can I use this to elevate me? How can I use this to grow me? How can I use this for what I know is my purpose, no matter the job location, no matter the career move? What can I do to ensure that I'm getting everything out of it so that I can be better? That's that's what I would say I tell people and that's what I did. Like literally, you know, I tell you know, I tell people I was like, you know, everything happens for a reason. I promise you, it don't feel like it. I promise you, if you know, if you're not gonna understand it, and it's gonna hurt like a lot of times it's really gonna hurt and it may even be devastating. The first um layoff, I went laid off. Like that's what was crazy with people. They were like, How did you get laid off? They had a system in place that you the person that got laid off could bump people. That's I, I learned new terminology. Yeah, you if they got laid off and they had more seniority and years of service that they could bump a person from another job that they did prior. When it happened that year, because it affected a lot of great people that they had, they had to wait to the next year because it was a government um, organization to be able to um, update they they uh they they uh language and they in they corporate I mean in their documentation, but they had to go with it because that was what the standard said that could be done. They that see they did a they did a reduction in force and layoff situation <laughs> without a strategy. Okay. They did a strategy session and some leadership yeah. development and coaching. They learned it after the fact after you know, but that it taught me a lot. And even in that time, I'm grateful and then I ended up um being able to help and serve and be there for somebody um that was really sick and she is grateful because if it wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't I, like I was the only person she even trusted. If I wouldn't have been laid off, I wouldn't have been there and had that access and opportunity. So, you know, I, I, I don't I, you, I, I look at it all as an opportunity, you know, even when the pain comes, even when it hurts, even when it don't make sense. I still look at it, for, you know, the potential and how I can use it. For the better in the future so so your family and friends how have they been supportive? what things have they said to just keep you motivated through it all a lot of friends that i have they um they don't it's not that they don't hold me accountable but they know that my personality is not a give up type thing like they'll they check on me because they know I'll, I'll i'm gonna keep pushing or i'm gonna keep pressing or whatever so you know, I definitely have a support system and my support system for sure a lot of times will um, hold me accountable to to make sure I'm good. That's, that's yeah, that's basically it. They will make sure that I'm good because I'm, I'm just a different person. <laughs> that's why I check on your strong friend. Yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, I'm always there for everybody all the time. So they make sure to okay, the strong friend. Though, are you good? Are you straight? Because we know how you, we know. Are you good? So yeah. What advice could you give someone who feels that they have a calling, a purpose to do something similar to what you've done, 
and how to find those steps? Like, what do they need to do to get started? You know, irregardless of what I do, everybody has a unique, everybody has a unique assignment that they're supposed to do and to fulfill in this earth, um, period. You know, everybody has a reason why they're here. And so, you know, whatever it is, I would definitely tell them to, you know, a lot of times people like, I get it all the time. Tell you what's my purpose? How do I figure out my purpose? I don't know. I don't know. Like, huh? And I'm like, okay. So first of all, a lot of times it's two things. Your purpose is something that you probably already do, but you do it so well. You do it so good that you think everybody else just does it as good, like that because that's just what you do. And you don't even think it's nothing. So that's the first thing I tell them. I said, so look at that. And then they like, but tell you like, that's not going to make no money. That's not a business. That's not a dream. That's not a purpose. And I'm like, yo, you are so good at it that you take for granted your gifts, your talents, your abilities. And you assume that even if you see other people do it, number one, that you're not just as good or just as just as talented and that there's a market for you as well. And then number two side of that is that you think that, well, everybody does it everybody should be able to do it, but not really. So that's another reason why there's a market because not everybody can do it. Not everybody wants to do it. And everybody is graced to do it as good as you, as fast as you, as efficient as you, as beautiful as you. So yeah, it's your purpose because it's in you. And that's what you just do so well and so good. And stop discounting yourself. Stop, you know, assuming that, you know, it's not marketable. It's not promotable. It's not a skill you can use to get you a good job or a good career. Look, if everybody could do it, they would do it. And the, for the folks that's doing something similar, don't get caught up in that. You know, don't feel like, okay, but it's a hundred other ones doing it. Last time I checked, it's a whole, a whole bunch of people that do her, but we all go to our favorite hairstylists, right? So they all get a check, right? Somebody, somebody <laughs> get a check. They can't all be doing Look, they can't all do it all at the same time. And a lot of times that I get is a lot of discouragement is that they think that because it's already a saturated market or everybody's applying for that job, you know, that don't mean that they you. That don't mean that they you. That don't mean that this organization doesn't need what makes you you, what makes you unique, what makes you great and the perfect asset to the team. That doesn't mean that they you, that they can, you know, create and do business the way you do and flow in the the manner and the grace and the excellence and, and produce at the level that you produce and make something that's nice or pretty or whatever the case may be. Everybody has a unique purpose. And if we walk in ours, we will always all be that. Yeah. <laughs> so don't be afraid. Okay. Your purpose is already there. It's been there. Stop asking what it is. Okay. You know it's <laughs> And like you said, it's something you already get at and stop comparing. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. How did you decide what your business name would be? Because I know you use your government name. And I know you said you didn't start with that. Yeah, so the business name is Tanya J. Miller LLC. The brand that I go by and is Taco Tanya. And that's because it's two sides. Number one, Taco Tanya has been in existence, like I said, since 2005. And that's what people... The, you know, the people that I have been able to afford and help and support and that have been following me, knew me under that name. And how it came to be, though, I'm, at, I'm answering another part that you're probably going to ask me. How it came to be was that originally Taco Tanya started as a blog. 
It was not, you know, I said 2005, so you know the technology we got. <laughs> we, we didn't have MySpace back then, okay? No MySpace, no MySpace, no face, you know, none of that, you know, none of that. So I was, I literally, and email was just getting hot because I remember we was in college. Email was just getting hot. Folks didn't have Black Panther emails, okay? <laughs> And so um, I started as a as a written blog because remember I told you I like to write. And so how it was was that um, people would be like, "It feels like you're talking directly to me." Like I know I'm reading this, but it feels like you're talking directly to me, and we having a conversation, and you just know everything that I'm dealing with and going on, and I feel like you're right here. And so that's where it came from the talking with Tanya, because people would say when they read it, it felt like I was talking directly with them. And so that's how it came with talking with Tanya. Not to mention the fact you girl is an introvert, so that worked out perfectly <laughs> as well. I was like, good. Read the blog. Get you some help. Let's help you figure out how to fit the puzzle pieces of life together. Read it. <laughs> so it, that's how it began. And as far as um, when I decided to start the business side of it again, and start the new business, TJ Miller LLC. Honestly, you know, I didn't want to go through the hassle of trying to, especially with me coming out as an author first. I came out as all three, all four, but the first like product that would be really coming out and being released was my books. And I didn't want to have to, you know, somebody, you know, a lot of times authors have their name as their website, and then they may have another brand and they doing that or business for the other stuff that they do. I was like, let's keep this mud simple. Yes, change J. Miller LLC. Let's throw let's get LLC so we can protect this mud, but let's keep it simple. I'm not trying to confuse nobody, you know, so I kept I did the business still as Tanya J. Miller LLC, my name, but I still have the brand and uh, the blogging and what everybody knows me under under Talking with Tanya. So if you see me on social media, you will see Talking with Tanya. And it, but it still points back to Tanya J. Miller, Tanya J. Miller. So, and literally, if you go to talkwithtanya.com or tanyajmiller.com, you will still get both. It'll still take you to the same thing. But, um, you know, that's kind of how it was because I, I had that struggle like, okay, should I just go talk with Tanya or should I do my name? Should I get rid of one? But I was like, I'm not going to get rid of all that hard work that I had been doing and building for you know 13 13 years but i wanted to also make it very straight and clear that you do know my name you don't do know who i am so i am my brand you know i am my business so what i get you know a staff of people that work with me eventually and partner with me that's fine if i don't cool but you know i i just decided to you know go you know what they say put it all on me put it on black <laughs> and is there a quote that you live by from maybe a book you've read or a person in your life that just keeps you motivated what's the quote so i this is sad that i'm probably gonna say it wrong but i'm gonna give you a paraphrase of it so uh one of my mentors in my head um he's gone he's passed away um but i was grateful to have met him before he died me and my husband um is dr miles Moreau. And he's like the ultimate, like, he was like the ultimate uh, leader on, of wisdom on the the subject matter of purpose. Like, he wrote, like, a ton of books on purpose. 
I think we probably have 20 something of his books from him. But um, basically, one of the things in quotes that he would always say was about purpose in that you have to leave this earth empty. Before you die, you have to leave empty. And that means that you, all of who you are, your purpose, and why you're here should be transferred, should be planted, should be sown into other people. You should, that should be your legacy. You shouldn't take all of those gifts. You shouldn't take all of that help, those, um, you know, things that you're great at, that purpose that's in you. you. You should not die with that because that means you haven't really lived. You haven't given everything you're to have gave while you were here in this earth. So that's not how he says it, but that's basically what he said. Um, so, yeah. So, um, Dr. Miles Monroe, the great late Dr. Miles Monroe, he was the, the, the father of purpose. So I, I definitely have much respect for him. And, you know, he said you're supposed to leave this world empty. You can't be taken no. with you. So. That kind of reminds me of I think I heard Les Brown say this, but it was something in the lines of the richest place on earth is the graveyard because there's so much that people had that they didn't get a chance to put out there. And why die with it with you? Because you can't take it. So why not give it? Why not sow it? Why not help somebody? Why not leave a legacy that really is lasting? Are you working on any new projects or personals? Sure, yes. Um... <laughs> I'm going to apologize to all my talkative Tanya J. Miller LLC family because this project has literally been in the works since 2017. Um, it's called Motivated Effort, and it's a book and it's a guide that's coming out. It's basically, you know, saying that to do things in life, to accomplish anything, to fulfill any goal, it has to start with you, and you have to be the one that will push you in it. And not just push yourself, but keep you going. And if you aren't the aren't, if you not remember, you're the reason that it starts with you. It's gonna end with you as well. So um, it's been delayed, y'all. I'm sorry, but it's just you know, life stuff has happened and uh, other different elements. But neither here nor there. We are hoping to really have it out Q1 of 2019. And available print, audio, you know, digital. They know I love that. You know, I, I love making audio books. So, uh, the books, the book will be in print, audio, and uh, digital, and, and then the guide will probably just be available in print. But that's what's coming. Motivated effort, the project, the book, and guide. So, y'all be looking forward. Very excited about that. Yes. So that wraps up like the serious part of the interview. And again, to my favorite part, which is like the fun and random questions. So the way it works is that you just answer based on the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, ready? You're making me nervous now. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. What is the last thing you laughed about before this interview? Oh, I was going to say this is so easy. Like, this is so easy. The last thing I laughed about, uh, probably, so... I do still have a nine to five uh, and I am an introvert by nature. And then number two, folks talk too much at the job. They talk too much. And so <laughs> I, be, I have my headphones on all the time. Right. And so people like people, when I come by, 
they'll like I know they can hear it. And so they'll think like dang she can't hear. No, I can hear. That's the problem. I had these on to the max and I still hear you through my headphones. But to answer your question, the last thing that baby laugh was my friend came up behind me and she scared the crap out of me. And I literally jumped out of my seat because I did not <laughs> hear nor did I see her. No. So hard because it had just happened a couple of hours ago with my colleague. And he was like, I was like, like, I think you gave me a heart attack today. Like, he was like, sorry. But yeah, so that was probably the last thing I laughed at before getting on this line with you. If your life were a movie, uh, what movie would it be? I don't think it, I don't know if it's what my life would be like. I just love the movie. That's sad. That's not answer your question. I love the five heartbeats. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, better to answer your question, but I don't know. I'm not sure what my life would be like because I like all different kind of movies and I see a lot of different meanings in all different movies. And yeah. My husband was like, you can watch anything. I was like, yeah, because I just see, I'm a writer. I see it all. So, yeah, I'd be like, okay. That's, yeah, so, I mean, if I would just, I would say this is, you know, yeah, I don't know what, what movie my life would be. I'm sorry, Miss Charday. I don't know. If you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with that extra time? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do it, but maybe a couple of times. But I was like, no. And so, 
Yeah. Folks be like, tell you why you don't wear shorts? Because I don't wear shorts. <laughs> Maybe I, I bruise my own self and my own ego, but no, I don't wear shorts. <laughs> if you could um, be any character from any show, a cartoon, movie, or book, what character would you be? So, I did think of this one. I saw that question. And so, it's, it's going to be probably not what you're thinking. But my favorite book in the world, and most people do know this. Most people that are like my real, like real good friends, they know this because I generally get it for their kids <laughs> as a gift. Is uh, if you give a mouse a cookie by Laura Numeroff. So I would be the mouse in the book because it was my favorite book, and it was one of the first reasons why I remember why I love reading and writing, but mostly writing. Love it. And then last question, how can people reach you, email or social media sites? Sure. So, like I said, the website is TanyaJMiller.com. That's T-A-N-Y-J, the letter J, M-I-L-L-E-R.com. On social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter, just look for Talking With Tanya, and that's where we will be. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We got the mother ones, but let me not lie. I'm not on Periscope Strong. Like I'm not on Snapchat Strong. So I won't even have y'all going there. I'm old. Y'all, I'm old. I can't I can't keep up with all of them. I don't I'm still like, what's a snap? What's a I, nah, I don't need I'm good. I'm straight. I'm sorry if I've lost the audience because I'm not on Snapchat and uh, okay. Periscope pictures I'm old. And on the website we have books all of our books we have message tees tanyajmiller.com for the website unapologetic on purpose um that's what we call it uh we call our apparel line message tees and you can get tees hoodies you know all different things but they just um, provide a good message you know not you know there's nothing wrong with you you know if your shirt say uh fight me you know that's that's what you love cool but i i just feel like well, sometimes you know, a good message that can help you and remind you, you know, that you can do this thing called purpose and you can do it unapologetically. So my name is Tanya, Tanya Talk with Tanya, Tanya J. Miller LLC. We do life and leadership unapologetically on purpose. That means every day we are trying, for real y'all, trying to help you figure out how to fit the puzzle pieces of life together because life can get crazy. A lot of people don't realize that you need help sometimes to figure out how to fit it together, how to make it make sense of it, how to use the ups and downs of it. So that's what we do. We help you to figure out how to fit the puzzle piece of life together. So you can do your life right and you can figure out how to do it well. So that's it. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you, Miss Chardé. I have enjoyed you thoroughly. I hope and believe and pray continued success on your journey as an artist and as a writer, author, podcast, you know, speaker. She got about a hundred arms, but she doing her thing. I really <laughs> thank you and back to you. Many blessings coming your way. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Characters Here Podcast. We would love to be a part of your life. So leave us a review right now. And remember, don't be a stranger, be a character. Be a character. Be a character.